Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets and this is Sorta Awesome. to the show where every week we go exploring in the pursuit of awesome. You can count on us to keep you informed of all the best shiny things out there when we share our awesome of the week. In each episode, we also take your questions and bring you the answers you need to help you uncover all the awesome within your own life. This week's show is a very special one, our very first ever group show. Yes, all three co-hosts are joining me today as we reflect back on the first six months of Sorta Awesome. On October the 9th, we will have our first half birthday. And not only that, we've also had over 100,000 total downloads in the past six months. Well, I mean, it's well over 100,000 by now. And we just feel like all of that is worth celebrating together. I could not have done any of this without my amazing, beautiful, smart, and funny co-hosts. So let's remind everyone who you are. Hi, I'm Kelly. I'm Kelly at Lovewell on Instagram and Twitter, and I blog at the Lovewell blog. I am Rebecca from SimplyRebecca.com and Simply Rebecca Everywhere. I'm Laura, and I'm always at HollywoodHousewife.com, and I'm Hollywood H Wife on Twitter and Instagram. And poor Laura is suffering a little bit of a cold or maybe allergies. In fact, she just landed back in LA from a trip to Oklahoma. Laura, thank you for being a trooper mm-hmm. <laughs> and recording today, even though you are not feeling 100%. Um, while Laura was in Oklahoma over the weekend, we got to have our very first real life, in person, sort of awesome hangout. And we had so much fun. It was, it was so fun. It, it was so fun. It really was. It was this past Sunday. I woke up with a pit in my stomach because we had chosen an outdoor venue for the first ever sort of awesome hangout in real life. And of course, who would have guessed? In September in Oklahoma, it was pouring down rain on Sunday, and I was just crossing my fingers and hoping that it was all going to blow over, and then it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And then Blue Garden, where we were going to have the hangout, actually closed for the day, so we had to scramble. And at the last minute, we moved our venue. We went to McNelly's Pub in Midtown. They were so gracious and so accommodating, and we had so much fun. Laura was there. Um, Her sister came. Uh, Some of our friends from our hometown were there that now live in the area. We had people drive down from Stillwater. Katie drove all the way from Tulsa to come hang out with us, and we had a blast. Don't you think, Laura? We did. Guest host Kara Pence, Dr. Kara Pence, came. Um, there was, I think there was over 20 yeah. local awesomes that came out to see us on a rainy Sunday, and it was really, really fun. It almost worked out nicely that we had, we had our own little room and our own space and everyone could mingle. And it was so nice to see people in real life versus their little avatars in the hangout group. It really group. was. <laughs> it really was. I was so surprised at the turnout. I would not have blamed anyone, especially those who drove in from out of town, if they just decided to skip it because it was a really messy Sunday. So we were just thrilled by how many people came out. It turned out wonderfully. So we were so thankful to see all of your shiny faces in real life. We had lots of requests to do these around the country. <laughs> An East Coast meetup or a West Coast meetup. Who knows? Maybe someday in the future we will do that. So anyway, thank you all so much who did take the time to come out. We loved it. So now we're going to start the show the way we always do. But this week you get double the awesome of the week. Instead of just two awesomes of the week, you're going to get four this week. So 
buckle up because we've got a lot coming at you. Um, I'm going to start off. I don't usually start the show with Awesome of the Week. I usually let one of my co-hosts go first, but I'm going to go ahead and go first this week. And my Awesome of the Week is, guess what? Another podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) I seem to be stuck in a rut of recommending things to listen to, but I can't help it. This week, I really did want to mention that I got to go on my friend Tish's show, The Simple Show. If it weren't for Tish Oxenrider, I don't know if I ever would have had the, I don't know if I ever would have gotten bitten by the podcasting bug. She went from the time she started the show, when it used to be called um, The Art of Simple Podcast, uh, she had me on her show as a frequent guest, and I just loved it so much. I loved Tish. She is one of my oldest blogging friends. We've known each other for years. I have written for her at way a long time ago when it was Simple Mom and now at The Art of Simple. I've known her for so long, and we always have such a great time recording together. When we sat down to record, we realized it had been over a year and a half since we had last done an episode together. So we had a lot of catching up to do. I know since she has relaunched The Simple Show, I know she's trying to keep her episodes a little bit shorter, but that didn't happen with me. (laughs) As you all know, I have a lot of words. So we had the best time. We talked about, she actually asked me a lot of questions about my decision to close the blog and to start podcasting. And then we talked about, I mean, we were right at the intersection of two of my favorite things. We talked about the Comarie method of decluttering and Myers-Briggs. So as you all can imagine, we had a lot to talk about. And I've heard that you've talked about some of how those two intersect, even how your personality might affect how you declutter or deal with clutter or handle it in any way. Is that true? That is right. That's exactly what we did. Um, She asked me to kind of think about how different Myers-Briggs types would feel about or think about the uh, Marie Kondo's book. So we talked about that and I just kind of broke it down into the different temperaments. How is an NF? going to respond to this. What about an NT? And kind of went from there. And we had a great time, especially because I'm an ENFP. um, So I'm a dreamy idealist who loves the book and loves the method. And she's a much more pragmatic INTJ. And so we had a great conversation about that. And then one thing I love about Tisha's show, she has done this from the beginning. She does those um, just sort of quick rapid fire questions at the end where she asks if you're a morning person and um, what's your favorite smell? What's your least favorite smell? Questions that she's been doing forever. So I had a lot of fun answering those as well. So anyway, The Simple Show is the name of the podcast and you can look for my episode. And yeah, that was my awesome of the week. Rebecca, let's hear your awesome of the week. Okay, well, my awesome of the week is that I am in the middle of a very, very time-consuming binge on Netflix. (laughs) I have fallen down the rabbit hole of Gossip Girl. I never watched the show before. I started with episode one and I was hooked from the very beginning. And you guys, there are so many episodes. There are six seasons and I even counted there's 120 episodes. My life is over. Yes, it is a commitment. It is a deep dive. (laughs) It is. Oh, my word. So for anybody who's not familiar with the show, it was originally on the CW. It's kind of like a soap opera, but with teenagers. It's really fast paced. There's lots of twists and turns. And like every episode, there's a little bit of a cliffhanger. And there's a lot of, well, a lot of gossip, a lot of (laughs) drama. It's about these rich teenagers who live in New York City and they're going to high school. And it's all about the hierarchy of who's in charge and who's with who and who's dating who and who's not dating who. And it's just so good. It kind of reminds me of the OC and maybe Sex in the City, but like all done with teenagers in New York City. And if I was a normal person, <laughs> I could watch one episode a day and have a very delightful, relaxed binge that took a couple months. I'm not a normal person. <laughs> I, I'm having a hard time living my life right now, but I love it. I'm so happy I found this. It's because of Chuck Bass, right? I told you, Chuck Bass. Chuck Bass. Like I will just randomly text Rebecca, Chuck Bass. Oh my word. I can't handle it. The whole show is just so good. So I'm in the middle of season three. And when Megan first told me that she was really into Chuck Bass, I was like, I'm sorry, what? She's like, wait for it. 
<laughs> oh, you guys, so I can't true. handle it. Okay, so if you want to talk to me about Gossip Girl, there has to be like zero spoilers, but I just would love to hear other people, you know, other adult women who are <laughs> gushing over this because I feel so childish, but I am I'm so in love. And nope. someday it's going to end and I'm already sad about it. And then you will have sadness for sure. Laura, you watched it in real time, I think? When- I didn't. No, oh, I okay. binged on it. Okay. Um one summer. It's actually funny. I was having a really difficult summer and um, it was kind of my touchstone. <laughs> you know that you're in a bad way then the, when the only thing that makes you feel normal is Gossip Girl. <laughs> For but I, sure. I would, I would put the kids to bed and I would watch, um, you know, two or three episodes a night. And it's, and I'm sorry that we're going to just keep circling back to Chuck Bass, but at the beginning he's so evil. And then by the middle you're like, Hashtag check. <laughs> totally, totally. I also watched it in a rough time in my life. I watched it when I was newly pregnant with the twins. The girls had just started their school year and I would take them to school every morning. I would come home, crawl back under my covers. I was so sick and so miserable. All I could think about was throwing up all the time. So I would just turn on Gossip Girl and just, it was my escape. So, hey, if you're out there, if you need something to get you through a rough patch... <laughs> I am like so jealous that you had that time dedicated to the show, Megan. (laughs) Yes, I have a girlfriend. When I was running to the bathroom every five minutes to throw up, (laughs) my girlfriend was in the hospital on bed rest, pregnant, and I kept telling her, "You need to try this show." And part of me, a very sick part of my brain, was jealous of her hospital bed rest because she could just lay there and do whatever she wanted, and. I still have to feed my family. <laughs> I oh my. Yeah. Oh. It's it is a great binge show for sure. I mean, they do those classic like soap opera cliffhangers at the end of every episode. So you just want to hit play again. So that is a great one, Rebecca. Laura, what do you have this week? My awesome of the week is um Ryan Adams' new album just dropped on Monday, that is a complete cover of Taylor Swift's album, 1989. Start mm-hmm. to finish, complete cover. It's amazing. So he just covered the whole album. I mean, he's even calling it 1989. And it is so good, you guys. I'm a long, long, long time Ryan Adams fan. His albums from the early 2000s, Gold and also Heartbreak, or Heartbreaker, I guess, are two of my favorite albums of all time. They really like mean a lot to me at this time in my life. Like I'm a huge Ryan Adams fan. I've seen him several times live. And so when I heard that he was doing this, I thought, at first I thought it was kind of funny because Taylor Swift is so pop star now, but I've been a fan of hers for a long time too. Back when she was country, back when she was a teenager, (laughs) I think she's a fantastic songwriter. And I actually think that Taylor Swift and Ryan Adams have been responsible for some of the most, like the best lyrics and lines in music in the last decade. And so, um, yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. They are both fantastic writers And he was going through a divorce last year, and he said that he picked up Taylor's album, and he just kept coming back to it, which I thought was funny to picture him. He's very rocker tough. He's very rough around the edges. So it's very funny for me to picture him, like, pulling out Taylor Swift and bopping along to blank space, you know? Yes, yes. He start, So he started kind of reworking it in his head, I think, just as an experiment is in an interview I read. And then he kind of struck up a relationship with her and was sending her clips and she loved the clips that he was sending her. And um, so instead of calling it covers, I think that they're calling it a reimagining. Yeah, I like that. Because it's so different. If if you like um, the singer-songwriter style of music, which is, you know, the original of that, which he is, it's um, I don't want to say sad, but definitely this album has a much more sad tone oh, for than sure. her, than hers does. But you know, it's sort of echoey and sort of mournful takes on her very um, poppy sound. But you know, her her album is so amazing, and I think that when you listen to his reimagining of it, you realize that her songwriting is more than just pop. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, definitely. You know, she's very talented. She's very mm-hmm. talented. And I think when you hear other people cover it, and tons of people have covered songs from 1989 already, it is a fantastic album. But um, there's the Imagine Dragons cover of Blank Space that's on Spotify. They're recording it live. And at the beginning, um, the lead singer, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head, says, we're going to do... Uh, um, a Taylor Swift song and he's like I just really like the the lyrics and melody to this and then the audience is kind of laughing he's like no I'm serious it's really good and then so I love their their cover of Blank Space but um yeah Ryan Adams I've been just listening to it it is it's kind of magical because it really does allow the lyrics to shine through but just in that whole different into completely different sound yeah, it's I'm, very haunting yes. and in fact I read that she you know, loved it so much and was listening to his. And she's actually had to stop listening to his versions of it because it was messing her up. She's on tour. Uh, and yeah. like his melodies are a little bit different. You know, his right. the lyric um, pattern is a little bit different. And so she was like, it was messing me up for my own lyrics. So I just thought is a testament to how powerful both versions are. You know, it's really good. Yes. If you're a fan of either of those people, I think you'll really like it. Yes, yes, completely. So good. I'm so glad you mentioned that this week. Okay, Kelly. Okay. I am laughing right now, and I cannot believe I'm about to say this on the podcast. But (laughs) really, I saw that this covered album of 1989 had dropped a couple days ago. And this is going to completely reveal my age. But until you just said this, Laura, I thought it was always Brian Adams. (gasps) (gasps) Brian Adams was covering 1989. And I was like, that's interesting. And everybody was like, oh, I love Brian Adams. And I'm like, really? Everything no. Else. So anyway, I, I, it all makes a lot more sense to me now. They are not the same person. Not, not the same. Similar, but not the same. Just to be at home makes a big difference. Okay. Although so. I do really like Summer of 69 while we're talking <laughs> well, about. Well, you can't not like it. But then I always go to the Robin Hood movie, you yes. know, everything I do, I do it for you. I mean, talk about evocative. So I was like, well, that's an interesting take on Shake It Off. <laughs> Kelly, that okay. was so brilliant what you just sang. Yeah. Right? Thank you. I probably have a future there, but I'm just going to say I can only choose one thing in my life, and I'm going to choose this, podcasting. (laughs) So I feel like we have a theme through our awesomes, actually, because we're like Gossip Girl and then, you know, Taylor Swift. And what I'm going to talk about is also kind of in that, like, we're technically not teenagers, but yet there's some really cool things that are out there that are pop related. And my awesome of the week is coloring my hair. I started to do this a couple. But wait, no, uh, no, no. Yeah, go it's ahead. not just colored. It's no. It's I was gonna say actual color. <laughs> it's like not normal colors. Right now, I have gigantic blue and purple streaks in my hair. It's hidden underneath the top. But I did this last spring too, and I actually go to a real salon and do this, a Aveda salon. So these are natural colors. You know, these don't come from my kitchen cupboard or anything. I'm sure it's like all, <laughs> these are like made with peacock feathers, organically harvested. Yeah. You didn't um, use Kool-Aid for this project? No, no. <laughs> um, so, I, and I wouldn't attempt to do this. I'm not clued in on that area, but um, I first did it. It was probably a couple of years ago when I first said, I think I would like to do some blue in my hair. I love blue. And ever since I was a kid, and this also is revealing way too much on a podcast, I had a paper doll. Do we all remember paper dolls? Oh, yes. And it was a princess from outer space. And she had all these fantastically gorgeous outfits and hairstyles and accessories that all went with it. And so she didn't just change her outfit and her look. She changed her hair. Ah, So she would, if she was wearing a blue flowing moon gown, she had blue hair to go with it. And I think something way back then, I went, I want blue hair. I want green and blue hair to go with my ocean dress, you know? So here in my 40s, I'm finally able to live it out. And ever since I did it, I've been a little bit addicted to it. And I have blonde hair, so it's easy to do because people with dark hair, they have to strip their hair down with bleach first before they can put it in. But I really love it. Um, I do it in a way that it's kind of hidden. It's not like my whole head's not purple. But I've had a lot of people say to me that they like it, but they're afraid of it. They're like, I kind of want to do it, but I kind of don't. Has it already been 
are we over that trend? Am I too old? So I'm just embracing it. And we've said this before. When Once you hit 40, I think something flips in you and you say, screw it. I don't care. This is what I like. I'm going to do it because I like it and because this is who I am. And if somebody else doesn't think it's appropriate, eh, I don't have time for that. But I was going to ask, Laura, you were one of the first people that I knew who did have colored hair for a little while. And I know you are way more moving on. You're always trying new things. But do you think it's okay to do? It's still, or is it too passe? No, it's not passe at all. I think that people are still doing it a lot. I had pink tips, hot pink tips on the bottom of my also blonde hair years ago. It's probably been three-ish years ago. And, you know, I got the idea from Rachel McAdams, you know, that actress, Rachel McAdams. She had pink tips in her hair even longer ago, way before it has become the trend that it is now, like probably 10 or more years ago, she had this pink tips. And for some reason, I just thought that it was so chic. And that's like not what I would normally think to be sophisticated, but it looked so good on her. So I, um, after I had a child, was just feeling like I needed some kind of freshener. And so I got the pink tips. And I loved it. And I see pictures sometimes and kind of miss them. So no, I think that it is, your hair is always going to be an expression of who you are and where you are. Even if it's just the length that you're keeping it or, uh, I mean, color is an easy thing to change, but also people will chop all their hair off when there's a big life change or um, they're hesitant to ever chop their hair off because it feels like part of their identity. Like, I really feel like for some reason that is, you, you can't exactly put your finger on, your hair is really tied to your expression of yourself. So if you're feeling blue hair, I'm go get it, girl. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of new. I just did it again. So it does fade in my hair because blonde. Every time I do it, I feel more like me than I did before I did it. I love I'm that. sure that, that will change at some point. I love it. Um, but right now, it's just very awesome in my life. It makes me happy every time I look in the mirror. It's a little bit sassy. It feels like it's a little bit more me. And it's kind of like getting a tattoo, but it's not as permanent and it doesn't hurt. Right. So yes. I'm all for it. Yes. I'm for anything that makes anybody feel more themselves. That's yes. my mantra right now. If that makes you feel more closer to who you are in your soul, please yes. do it. I have to say that on Sunday at the Hangout, uh, two sisters drove up from Norman, Mallory and Molly. And Molly is a hairstylist and her hair was completely purple and it looked amazing. It did. And I mean, obviously she's a professional and she does all, you know, does it all professionally. She um, has a darker complexion. So I'm imagining her hair is probably naturally dark. Um, but it was just so cool. I sat right across from her and the whole time I was like so distracted because I was like, oh my gosh, her hair is so cool. I don't know mm-hmm. that I could pull off purple, complete a whole head of purple hair. But I think there are some people that just can really rock the whole bold look. And she was definitely one of them. So Molly, I'm sorry if I was too distracted to carry on a normal conversation (laughs) because your hair is amazing. I'm still thinking about it. Okay, well, we know from you all, from our listener community on Facebook and from what we hear on Twitter and Instagram, we know that you all love the Awesome of the Week segment, that you all have picked up on some tips that you've incorporated into your lives, whether they're recipes or apps or whatever. So I have to tell you, it is our favorite part of the show too, sharing these awesomes every week. So we thought that we would take a moment to think back on the past six months of the show And each of us picked one awesome of the week that really was a a pretty big deal for us. It's something that we incorporated into our own lives. We just wanted to kind of revisit what some of our favorite awesomes of the week were. Uh, Rebecca, let's kick off with you. Sure. My favorite awesome of the week goes all the way back to episode seven when Kelly shared her container gardening tips. She talked about having a thriller filler and spiller in your, your pots out like on your porch and your flowers and everything. And at the time I was thinking that my porch needed a bit of a makeover. And so I had that in my mind as I was going and shopping for things and it inspired me to actually go out and 
buy some things for my porch and really invest in that space. And then I went to the greenhouse and I just kept hearing Kelly's voice in my head, like telling me <laughs> like what to get. And I even specifically looked for sweet potato vines because I remember both of you, Kelly and Megan, talking about them. So my porch has looked fabulous up until recently when I abandoned watering them. Mm. Um, but the reason why I picked that one as my favorite is because it was the first time really that I was listening to the podcast as a listener and having it affect me as a listener and a fan of the podcast and not just as a co-host. It was like, mm. okay, I'm really invested in this as a co-host. I really love it. But oh my goodness, as a listener, this is changing my life. I am so happy to have Sort of Awesome to listen to just as like a regular person. Wow. So thank you, Kelly. My porch and my neighborhood. Thank you. <laughs> so fun. Okay, Laura, do you have a favorite awesome from, from the show? I do. Mine came from you, Megan. Oh. Episode 21, the YouTube episode, you mentioned – the skim, that yes. was your awesome of the week. Oh my gosh, I still love it every day. And I went and subscribed, which is, you know, that's kind of a big step for me because I'm careful about who I let in my email inbox. But you sold me on it. And I used to be, um, in a different time of my life, I used to be a super news junkie, political junkie, particularly. And I, I didn't quit cold turkey because I do think it's important to keep up with national news, but I scaled my news intake way, way, way back. And as some big things are happening internationally and nationally, I have felt a little stupid that I didn't understand them. And so I have to say that when I signed up for the skim, and it's only been, I don't know, a month or something now, I really feel like more um, in tune with those things and can speak about them semi-intelligently Yes. Because of this daily email that really sums up what is happening in the world. Mm -hmm. Laura, that surprises me so much that you loved the skim that much because I have always known you for years and years to be somebody who was really up on current events and knew what was going on. So I almost thought the skim might have been a little elementary for you. <laughs> but you know what? The way they write it is so good that even in just short little paragraphs, you really do come away feeling like, okay, I, I feel like I know what's going on with this situation. So good stuff. Good stuff. Kelly, do you yes. have a favorite from, uh, from Sort of Awesome to share? I do. So my favorite Awesome of the Week isn't actually an Awesome of the Week, but it does come from you, Megan. Okay. It came from the show that we did just a few weeks ago, and we called it 10 Tips and Tricks. So in some ways, it was kind of like a whole episode of Awesomes of the Week. So it was one of the things that you said in there, and it was about YouTube playlists. And yes. you said that you were surprised you had not mentioned it back on the episode that you did with Rebecca that was specifically and all about YouTube. I had never thought of using playlists that way, especially the ways that you described them. When you talked about using playlists for your boys to make their favorite shows that you don't have to watch so many ads or playlists for exercise for your girls. Oh my word, I'd never thought about even looking that sort of a thing up on YouTube for my kids. So that really revolutionized the way I use YouTube for my kids, especially now that we have Apple TV and that's an app, something they can stream up to the TV. We have started to build our own playlists. The kids love it. They've been finding new things and it really does minimize that whole ad thing, which is I think a perennial worry for parents of school-aged and younger kids when they're watching YouTube, those ads can be so <laughs> inappropriate yes. for what they're actually watching. So right. that has been a huge awesome of my life. Oh, good. That show. I'm so excited to hear that. I'm so excited. I definitely am still using those quite a bit. So I'm so glad that was so helpful for you. Um, so my favorite awesome of the week is back from episode 20, which was one that we did with our guest co-host, Jessica Turner, my friend Jessica. She mentioned how much she loves using different subscription services. And one that she talked about specifically is ePantry which I also use. And I talked about that on the show. And one thing that, well, first of all, I'm just, I'm a huge fan of ePantry. They're a fantastic, fantastic company. And 
one thing that I have thought of since Jessica and I recorded that show, she and I were talking about how much we love their candles, their Grove Collaborative candles. And it occurred to me that I could start kind of stockpiling those for gifts for the upcoming holiday season. So that's exactly what I'm doing with every order that I get from ePantry. I'm tossing in one of their candles, which I love, and the Grove Collaborative um, lip balms that they have also released. They also just came out with Grove Collaborative hand sanitizer. And I'm getting my first bottle of that in my next order, actually, that's coming in this week. So if those turn out to be a good deal, too, then I'm going to put those together. And for the first time in my life, you guys, I will not be scrambling on like December 15th to be like, oh, my (laughs) gosh, teacher gifts. How could I forget this every year? I was a teacher. (laughs) And somehow it always sneaks up on me every year, teacher gifts. So I am going to be on top of that this year, thanks to ePantry. So that is my favorite of the awesomes of the week. Although we have had so many that have been shared over the past six months that have just been so much fun to get the word out about. So can I ask what your favorite scent or flavor? I don't know if that's the right you know, word to use for lip balms as someone who hasn't ordered them before. What do you like? My favorite of the candles is blood orange. I like that. It's a really nice citrusy smell and I don't usually like citrus, but I like the, that one. And then they also have um, a vanilla, I think it's vanilla sandalwood. That's very nice mm-hmm. as well. But All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Megan, I have to stop you there and just ask if I have heard so many people raving about that blood orange candle. I have not ordered one for myself yet because I cannot bring myself to order something with blood in it or the word blood and then light it on my kitchen counter and expect that it's going to smell good. That is funny. Um, Let me just assure you that it's just inspired by the actual fruit blood orange, which I guess is a darker. Kelly, you're our our culinary person. Oh, yeah. They're wonderful. They're really, really dark red, partly in the middle. So that's where they get the name. Yes. They're a little sweeter, not quite as tart as a regular orange. They're a little exotic. They're fun. Rebecca. I know that like blood oranges (laughs) exist, but I'm just having a hard time hitting like pay. Like put that in my shopping cart. There are so many jokes happening in my head right now. I probably need to free a few of them. <laughs> so just take my word for it, Rebecca. They are fantastic. You will forget about the blood once you smell yeah. them and, and understand how amazing they are. <laughs> Laura's still laughing. <laughs> once you smell them. Okay. Now, of course, since we have to come up with new awesomes of the week every time we record, we may in the history of the show so far have mentioned something on the show that now we're like, I don't know. Was that so awesome? So we thought we would take a minute to kind of revisit some of the ones that we have talked about in the past to see if we're still feeling quite so awesome about them. Laura, I know you had a topic specifically that you wanted to revisit. I did. I wanted to revisit my awesome of the week from episode 18 It was the hospitality episode where we talked about party planning. But my awesome that week was Harper Lee, the author, who I still love and I think she is amazing. But I chose that that week because I had just finished To Kill a Mockingbird, the great American novel, and was just about to read Go Set a Watchman, which was her newest in 50 years book that came out in July. I have since read it and I... (laughs) I just want to say that I did not love that work, and I will now stick, when I speak of Harper, Harper Lee, only singing her praises on To Kill a Mockingbird, because Ghost at a Watchman was a disappointment on many levels. <laughs> <laughs> Which you and I have amicably avoided talking about, <laughs> because I felt it was a brilliant work. Well, for first draft, for a first-time novelist, but we haven't really talked about it. <laughs> yeah, no. That's not how I felt about it. I think it's clear that Harper Lee is brilliant, and it it is basically a published first draft, you know, so I, I can see that you 
can see where maybe it was going, but I just, no one should ever publish their first drafts. No one ever. That's the truth. That is the truth. Yeah. So that's good. I mean, we, that was the week it was coming out. There was a lot of buzz around it. And then we never really followed up to share our opinions on that. So we actually, we had a split vote on that. You hated it and I loved it. So, okay. Mine to revisit is from way, way, way back at the beginning of the show. I talked about loving, discovering and loving the app Periscope. So many people have asked me about it and have mentioned it to me and brought it up to me in conversation since then. And y'all, I've never, I don't think I've said this on the show, but shortly after we recorded that episode, I ended up taking Periscope off of my phone completely. <clears throat> haven't watched any broadcasts since then. Haven't Certainly haven't done any of my own because I fell out of love with it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, two things. First of all, I got really freaked out about recording my own broadcasts or scopes. Do they call them that? Is that what the cool kids call them? Or are they broadcasts? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I got freaked out about yeah. recording my own. Uh, scopes now. Okay. I got freaked out about recording my own because of the inappropriate comments that people can just pop in and leave. And that bothered me. It was like... It was disturbing to me. And then the other thing, too, is that I just had to fully own and recognize that I do not have the kind of self-control to where I cannot, if it involves like digging into somebody else's life and connecting with people, like I don't have enough self-control to be like, I need to stay away from Periscope for a while. So I was wasting so much time on Periscope that I would look up and be like, where has the afternoon gone? So for, um, for personal development reasons, (laughs) time management reasons, I took it off. But also I think I just, I had some bad feelings, not about the app itself or what it does, but just, it creeped me out. I'm just gonna be honest. It creeped me out. Now, Rebecca, I know you're like really active on Periscope. So talk to me about this. It's really funny that you have done a 180 in this way because I did a 180 the other way. Because (laughs) when you first told me about it, I was so doubtful. I thought, this has creepy voyeurism and naked bodies written all over it. (laughs) This sounds horrible. I cannot believe that you are suggesting this to people. But then I really got into it. So I first, when I first started using it, I started watching people like there's this Claire who's in Paris and does these walking tours. And there's this guy who was walking around Tokyo and I was be watching them. And they were good, but they were just kind of like a, an interesting way to see like a unique place. Right. Yeah. And that kind of got a little bit old. And there weren't many people that were producing scopes that were really that entertaining. I mean, I watched one guy walk home from like getting like takeout and he like (laughs) walked back to his house. And I'm like, why are people thinking that this is like quality internet stuff here? This is not any good. But since then, people have really started jumping on the bandwagon. And so I have fallen in love with it because now some of my favorite online people are getting involved and they're they're producing really inspirational scopes. Some of my favorites are um, Crystal from Money Saving Mom. She does one every morning. Ruth from Living Well Spending Less is doing interesting things there. Erin from The Humbled Homemaker is on this series right now where she's like going through every room of her house and talking about the different ways that she's doing things in more natural alternatives. Um, Stacey Karen is doing this series that's really good where she's teaching you how to make homemade um, cleaners or homemade beauty products. And so it's not so much people just like sitting around like, oh, look, I'm live. Hi. Anybody <laughs> want to talk to me? Because that was happening a lot. Yes, now I can follow people who I feel like I know from like online stuff, from reading their blogs or maybe watching their YouTube channels. And they're actually providing like quality content that I'm like, oh, I want to hear what you have to say. It's fascinating. And so because that's happening more and more, more and more users are, you know, joining and just watching. And so when I do a scope myself, there's more people there interacting, leaving comments. And so my whole experience has just really dramatically improved. So I have to ask, because my experience was very similar to Megan's, where I had the whole creepy factor kind of got to me, the inappropriate comments. Has it changed? Because what you're describing was what I was seeing. So if I was 
they did at the end of my Periscope usage unveil that map feature where you can see where people are Periscoping in the world. When I first started, they didn't even have that. So you had to look at more of a list and it, it wasn't as you know intuitive. So I would say, oh, look, there's somebody Periscoping in Southern California. I used to live there. Nine times out of 10, it was somebody in traffic on the 405. I'm like, yeah, look, brake lights. That's exciting. Like, come on, people, show me the beach or do something. So that that's why I kind of stopped because I'm like, A, there were so many you know inappropriate things and B, it was boring. Uh, yes, yes. Okay, so first of all, number one, follow people that you know from Twitter because you, you, know, you link, mm-hmm. link your Twitter account. Follow people you know and stop watching random people from around the world because they, nine times out of ten, they are boring, stupid, and creepy. So stay <laughs> away from that. It will just make you mad. As somebody who, like, produces content on the internet, you will be like, why are people paying attention to this guy walking home with his tacos? Like, it just is infuriating. <laughs> so stay away from that. And then number two, what was the, oh, the creepy comments. You Just block them. You can just tap on yeah. the screen and you just hit block and then you just have to like let it go. And people who are doing scopes, they can block, you know, and you can also block as you're watching scopes. So if I see somebody make a creepy comment to one of my blogging friends, I will block them on my end too so they can't jump onto my scope. Oh. But then you just got to let it go and just, you know, mm-hmm. shake, shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it mm-hmm. off. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's, Here's Taylor thing. Swift with life mm-hmm. advice again. So shake it off. Okay. So maybe we'll revisit, maybe I will revisit Periscope. We'll see. Now, the interesting thing about Awesome of the Week that that all of us have talked about, the four of us have talked about is at some point, I think all of us have realized there's a, a, a strange sort of responsibility that comes with our Awesomes of the Week that we share every week that has been a little bit surprising to us. I honestly have not had the luxury of, of worrying about that too much because I have to come up with a new one every single week. <laughs> so I can't overthink my Awesomes of the Week. But I know some of you all have had that moment where you're like, oh my gosh, People are actually listening to this and really they're like doing these things that I'm telling them to do. Um, Let's see, Rebecca, I know you had a story from way back when we very first started the show about this. Oh, good golly. Episode one, I suggested the movie In Your Eyes because there was a certain element to it that was really good, but there was also like a lot of cheesiness to it. So I kind of, you know... (sighs) was hesitant to recommend it, but it's what I put out there. And then like immediately after people started telling me that they were watching it and I was like, Oh no, (laughs) people are actually listening to me. What, ah, what have I done? This is awful. Why, why are people paying attention to what I'm saying? I just, I just really freaked out. Like everybody's going to hate this and then they're going to hate me and then they're going to hate the podcast and then we're all doomed. Again, uh, let's don't overthink them is what I was saying about Awesome of the Week. But Laura, you had an example from just our very last show that we did. One of the most talked about Awesomes of the Week ever, Face Shaving for Women. And I know you had a sort of similar reaction of like, oh my goodness. I Gosh, you guys, I don't. So with Rebecca recommending a movie and worrying about it, I don't worry about that kind of stuff. On my blog, I've been recommending like books and beauty products and opinion-based things for years now. And it just doesn't bother me. If people try it and they don't like it, I mean, that's that's on them. Not everything is for everybody. So like, I don't care. I don't necessarily care about that kind of thing. I'm free in sharing my opinion. But in sharing the face-shaving thing, which I did not, which I did not give enough forethought to, <laughs> for lots of reasons. But when people started posting in the hangout group, or um, I even got private messages about that particular awesome of the week, I realized, oh my gosh, I've given everybody a complex, <laughs> including me. I spent the last and two weeks feeling we all my went face straight from that episode to like get a magnifying glass and be like, what. Do I have facial hair that's recognizable? Is this something that all of my friends are not telling me? (laughs) I actually feel, I I legitimately feel really bad about this because um, mine was, my my peach fuzz was really noticeable and obvious and something that I wanted to deal with. But what a lot of people have said after that episode is that they didn't know that they had a facial hair problem, but apparently they do have a facial hair problem. And that makes me feel like I don't want to make people self-conscious. Like the last thing I would ever want to do is to point out something on someone's face. (laughs) And so now I just, 
feel I I cannot think of any other time on my blog or on this podcast or anything where I have really regretted um, talking about something. I don't regret it. That segment was funny. It was totally true. Everything I said was true. But I I do feel that I made a whole chunk of <laughs> women think that they have a facial hair problem when when most of you guys don't. You really don't. Not everybody needs to be shaving. I need to be shaving. <laughs> But we don't all need to be shaving. And so please, I'm so sorry if you suddenly discovered something that your naked eye had not <laughs> yet caught. <laughs> I don't I think it. It, you need I to feel it. guilty, though, Lori. I really think it was listening to it. It felt like that friend who's sharing a story about having spinach caught in their teeth and, they, yeah. and nobody told them and they wish somebody had told them. And then immediately, like, you go to the mirror and you go, do I have spinach in my teeth? You know, it's, <laughs> right. it's more like this was a good friend who is telling me about these things and exposing her own self <laughs> to the internet world and saying, hey. No, no, Kelly. Thing? That no. is not what it is like. <laughs> because one person posted in the group that they nicked themselves. Oh, dear. On the face. So I am now making people cut their face. <laughs> Oh, they're bleeding. They're bleeding like a blood orange. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's full circle now. It's full circle. Okay, okay, if you want to own that, I'll I'll leave it to you. I'll just let you own it that people are nicking themselves. They're probably using their husband's razor. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. So you all who are listening, please know that these things do weigh on us after a while. <laughs> these responsibilities that we have with Awesome of the Week. Okay, moving on. Moving on. All four of us have talked about the fact that since we um, are on air, as you could say, uh, Every week, we're listening to ourselves and to each other. That And just the content that we've talked about on the show, we have covered a huge variety of topics in the past six months that all of us have kind of stepped back and realized that we've learned some things about ourselves since we started the show. Kelly, I want to throw it to you because I know you had something really specific that you had realized about yourself as a result of something that you heard on Sorta Awesome. I did. And it's one of those things that, you know... It's there and you can kind of see it through the fog, but then something you'll read or hear makes it snap into focus. And that's what happened here. And it was from the episode that Megan and Laura did where they talked about their favorite books. I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but um, Laura mentioned with great fervor and passion that everyone should be reading Stephen King, which I had never done because much like Megan, the whole horror genre is something that I have completely shelved to the side and said, no, I don't think so. Um, so she mentioned the book 11-22-63 and said that it is not horror. It is some of his best writing. It is a little sci-fi, but I like sci-fi. It's about a person who, what would happen if you go back in time and change this very famous state, right? So I went and got it at the library, <laughs> I even put it on Instagram, and I started to read it. And it's a really good book. I was very captivated. And then I got to the part where it's just something that happens in the book. There's someone describing a very graphic murder. Now, to me, it seemed very graphic. I don't think it really was to your average person. But this was the realization. I thought, this is why I have a hard time with a lot of adult book and a lot of TV shows is I am a major wimp. I cannot handle graphic things very well. They haunt me. They stick in my brain. And I felt so bad because I wanted to read this book. And I will say, now that I've had a little separation, I had to return the book to the library because I'd already renewed it so many times. I couldn't quite get past this bump, this mental hurdle. Like, I had to keep going back. I really want to hear how the book ends, but I couldn't read some of these things that are just really not that big of a deal. Um, but they, I guess I'm just really sensitive to it. So... It was something that I said, you know what, though? It's okay. Like, there's a part of me that I'm still going to maybe go back and try to read that book because I really want to. But it was an acknowledgement that this is just who I am. I am in my 40s, my early 40s. So if I am still working to say, to try to push down things about myself that I kind of wish weren't there, 
um, it's not about self-growth as much as just saying, hey, wait a minute, this is who I am. I can be comfortable with this. So since that time, I've been a little bit more embracy of myself in that sense. Instead of trying to force myself to watch shows that other people are like, oh, this is so good. You would really love it. But I know that's going to bother me or even read books. Um, then I've just said, no, you know what? There's so much good content out there. I don't have to try to force myself to be again, who I'm not. That's yeah. something that I've realized about myself. And it was um, because of listening to your guys' comments and just, again, taking the awesome of the week or your recommendation and putting it in my real life has helped me to realize something about myself and ultimately embrace the real me. I really love that, Kelly, because of course, one of the whole missions and purposes of the show is for all of us, both the four of us creating the show, but especially for our listeners to uncover awesome in their own life. And I love that something that you heard on the show helped you realize something about yourself that you're totally okay with making peace with about yourself. So I absolutely love that. Well, I also feel like I learned quite a bit about myself from episode 18 on um, how to host an awesome party. That episode really just kind of shook me and my whole thought process of what is stopping me from inviting people into my home? What are my holdups? What really is making this difficult for me? Because I do stress out and talk myself out of hosting things quite a bit. And so that week, I hosted three different things. One thing was already scheduled, but then two were spontaneous after listening to the podcast. Like it made like a significant impact on me. And one thing that I did is I invited people over for dinner and that had already been planned. But I went with the advice to go with what I know and I made brownies and ice cream for dessert. And I made extra so that then two nights later, while my house was still relatively clean, <laughs> I could invite another couple over and we had half the pan of brownies and the rest of the ice cream. And then two days after that, we had friends over just for pizza. And it just really reminded me of the whole reason why we invite people into our home. And it just, it really brought to light a lot of the struggle that I was having with hosting and what my hangups are. And it, it just caused for a lot of discussion with me and my friends. And it, that episode especially was very eye-opening to me. And yeah, it was good for me. It was really, it was a good, it was a good episode for me to listen to. That one was such a good one for me too, Laura. I actually have thought about that one more than most of the ones that we have done because it made me confront as we were even confronting it when we were recording the show, how I have all these weird hangups about my house and it's not picked up, it's not clean enough. And I have really thought about that and really just tried to embrace the fact that we are in a messy season of life. And if I let that keep me from practicing the art of hospitality, then I'm the one who's missing out on so much, um, so much relationship, so much connection, just because I'm so worried about what people are going to think about my house. But you really helped me to reframe that. So that one has been a really powerful one for me too. Oh, I'm so glad. Um, my, I feel like I've learned a lot about myself in the last six months of podcasting, not from a specific episode, although I have learned from, from that as well, but, but mainly I just jumped on this podcast idea because you asked me to. It's, you know, has always been your show, Megan. And so I was like, sure, I'll do that, whatever. But once we started doing it, I surprised myself by how into it I got and all of us got sort of right away. And I think there's several reasons for that. For me, just coming out of the tiny kid phase in life, it was really fun to try a whole new thing, to be creative and try this whole new thing that I, you know, I, I haven't learned all the skills that Megan has because she does so much of the work of this. But even just learning what I have learned through it, trying something new, being creative in a different way has been fantastic. And an even bigger deal than that is being collaborative which I always thought I would not, I'm a loner. I like to work by myself. I'm an introvert. I like to be by myself. But from years of that and blogging, which is very, very solitary, doing something collaborative has been so fun. 
It really to, has. Yeah. To have you guys to bounce ideas off of or to mm-hmm. offer a different perspective. You know, we talk behind the scenes a lot, of course. And so everyone has different thoughts. And I would have I would have thought theoretically about myself that I wasn't going to like that. And I've actually loved it. And being able to brainstorm, you know, how we're going to promote the show, how we're going to, you know, structure or our timeline or, you know, all the different things that we talk about in helping Megan with this show has been just really fun to do something as a group. And so I think I've just learned that about myself. It's actually changed a lot of things and how I'm thinking about my own creative life and some different, some other creative pursuits that I'm having. I always pigeonhole myself into, oh, I have to do it by myself. And this has broadened my mind in, in a lot of creative ways of like how I could approach something or how I could handle something is that it's not scary to work in a group. <laughs> <laughs> with the right people. Right. It's, right. With, it's fun with to right work people. in a group. It yeah. is. And I actually have had to learn that too so much. I think I went into this, like you said, Laura, blogging is, can be so solitary. Writing is a solitary practice a lot. So I went into it thinking like, this is my project and I have to do all of the things. And it wasn't until you all kind of like kept saying, hey, how can I help you with this? Let's talk about this you all sort of made space for me to figure out that this can and should be a really fun collaborative project. And we have had a blast behind the scenes, uh, planning shows and discussing shows, critiquing shows, all of it working together, the four of us has just been so much fun. It has been a blast. Also, I will say, um, as with any creative pursuit, there has been a lot of ego checking at the door. Sure, yes. <laughs> that I kind of prepared for. Nobody likes the sound of their own voice. Nobody. I will say that using Voxer, which is an app that we've all talked about that we love privately and professionally, that I was already a little bit used to the sound of my voice from using that app to talk to friends. That once we started the podcast, my voice wasn't totally foreign to me, but it's a little awkward to hear it and to know that other people are hearing it and judging my accent. And. <laughs> I've had readers who have read me for years send me messages that are, that are something like this. Wow, it's really interesting to hear your voice. <laughs> and that's all they say. Go on. And, I, and I'm like, well, what does that mean? What is, <laughs> yes, define interesting, please. <laughs> right. So there's just been a little bit of like, you have to just like let that stuff go. I mean, oh, the way sure. I speak is the way I speak. And, uh, you know. That's sort of it's a, it's a different kind of vulnerability to be speaking relatively off the cuff and having people listen to it versus writing that you can edit and mm-hmm. present the way you would like. That's not the same with a podcast. Oh, 100%. You're right. It is a new level of vulnerability to just be like this is just who I am. This is my personality. This is the way I speak. These are my thoughts on this. And just, yeah, it's it's a really scary thing to put that out there. But thankfully, our people, our sort of awesome tribe has been so gracious and so fun. And um, yeah, they're just, they're fantastic with us. So, And I would say it's been even more fun now that we've gotten into it than maybe I would have expected. I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations. But not only has the collaboration been fun, but it's just been fun to have the feedback. The Hangout group on Facebook is amazing, and they're talking about and talking to us, and we get to talk back to them. It really feels more like a conversation between us and the people who listen, you guys who are listening. Um, We feel like it's a group discussion. It's not a one-sided, we're broadcasting things out into the universe and then maybe somebody will pick it up. It's been really fun and very, I guess, community building, really, really, especially with what we have on Facebook. It's been life-giving. That's good. Okay. Yes. As Laura alluded to, a lot of stuff goes on behind the scenes and we do edit out quite a bit of the funny things that happen while we are recording one particular show. I cannot remember which one it was, but Rebecca and I had sat down to record and everything started off totally normally. And then things just went downhill really quickly, didn't they, Rebecca? Megan had her editing skills really tested. It was episode 13. (laughs) Okay. Oh, lucky number 13. (laughs) Yes. Maybe that was the problem. Oh, it was horrific. But 
you probably don't remember, it did not start off well because I dropped my internet cable behind my refrigerator. Oh, yes. I sent you a text message before we even started. And you're like, um, what does that mean? And I'm like, that means bad things. Um, but thankfully, I was able to get it. And then your pop filter on your microphone yes. kept like failing on you. Um after that, I had a coughing fit that just about killed me. Somebody <laughs> knocked on my door and was like looking through the window and could actually see me sitting here. So I could not ignore them. Your kids attempted to interrupt us oh, twice. Oh, that's right. Yes. And you're like mouthing like no and like pointing <laughs> for them to like leave the room. And then my landline rang. Like who calls a landline anymore? And I'm sitting like right next to it. Yes. It it was it was we were just laughing. Like it was either laugh or cry. It was. It was either laugh or cry that week and I forgot it was episode 13. What a mess, but we got it together and You end. got it together. Your editing skills were fantastic. Well, another thing that happened that was completely crazy was I was I sat down to record with Jessica Turner again episode 20. If you've listened to that episode, you know that Jessica is a very busy lady. She works full-time. She runs a blog full-time. She's a mom of three and a wife. And I mean, she has so much going on. So she had carved out time to come on the show and be a guest. We sat down. I, I love Jessica. I've known her for years. We start talking. We're just gabbing away. I'm thinking, this is a great start to the show. In about 20 minutes into our conversation, I realized I had forgotten to hit record on our call. Oh, my oh gosh. Oh, my gosh. I wanted to die. I was so embarrassed. And, of course, she was on a time frame. She had a very limited amount of time that she could fit our call in. And I was so embarrassed. So we started recording. And for anyone who's listening who's ever been on a show like this, you know that having to redo something, re-say something that you've already said is pretty torturous. And so I just felt terrible. Now, Jessica, she bounced back wonderfully, and the show turned out great. But ever since then, I have just been so paranoid that I was going that we were going to do that again, that I would forget to hit record and waste half a show. So yes. Well, we had to redo a show. Yes, we did. We had to totally redo a show. We had to redo a show or like three fourths of a show, um, not because of any technical glitch, but because we were so grumpy. <laughs> I remember and that. It was the friendship show. <laughs> I know. I know, which is even so, which is even funnier. But we had to redo that show because we recorded on a day when we were both just in totally bad moods. Yeah. But we'd scheduled it, you know, ahead of time. And so, and I listened to it that night to be like, is this as bad as we think it is? And I listened to it as a test run and I texted Megan and I was like, this is as bad as we think it is. <laughs> we have to redo it. And we did, we redid it the next day in much funnier, lighter moods. And that show turned out to be a good show, I think, yeah. ultimately. But we basically had to do the thing twice. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. I was so glad we did. When we finished, we were like, this is kind of terrible, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it is. So yeah, we definitely, there's all kinds of funny things going on behind the scenes with us at all times. Um, one thing that I wanted to mention too, to switch gears a little bit, is that you all have been so fantastic in providing feedback. And quite a few weeks ago, we asked you all to do a listener survey so we could get a better picture of just who is out there listening to us be goofy every week. Um, and you all came out in full force and shared so much information with us about yourselves that is really helping us shape the future of the show. Laura really took the reins on that project and she um, kind of behind the scenes collected a lot of information that has been so helpful. I have to tell you the number one thing that was so surprising to me from the listener survey results was that you all are not nearly as concerned as I had been with how long the show is. When we first started Sort of Awesome, I had it in my mind that I wanted it to be 40 45 minutes at the longest because I value your time and I don't want you to have to feel like listening to Sorta Awesome is a huge time commitment. I stressed and sweated and worried over the length of our shows as they get got closer and closer to an hour. I just kept thinking, how can we cut these down? Um, so Laura had suggested, well, let's put it in the listener survey. And the vast majority of you said, 
that either said an hour is the perfect length for a show or that you would listen no matter how long Sort of Awesome was. And that was so reassuring to me. It made me feel like, oh my goodness, what a relief. That's one less thing that I have to stress out about, about the show. The reader survey um, revealed several things that we were shocked by, some that we were not shocked by. We had hundreds and hundreds of responses and only one person was male. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That wasn't very shocking. But some of the things I was shocked by is that 14% of the people who responded lived not in the United States. That is not a small number of listeners. I know. So if we do this again, we will ask, instead of asking what state you live in, and to that end, we thought that the majority of people would possibly live in Oklahoma because that's where Megan's from. That's where I'm from. But instead, the majority of our listeners come from California, Illinois, and Texas. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Fascinating. Love no it. idea why. But next time if we do this, we, instead of asking what state people live in, I think we're going to have to ask what country they live in. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So you all have been so kind. I keep saying this, but I just can't get over how amazing and truly spectacularly awesome our listeners are. A couple of you all took time to share with us what some of your favorite awesome moments from the past six months were. So we're going to listen to those now. Hi, this is Jessica in Arizona, and I cannot possibly pick only one awesome of the week I love. There are so many things that I might have to stop listening to the podcast before the awesomes like take over my life. We have started geocaching as a family. We found a ton of YouTube channels we love. I found recipes I enjoy. I started listening to the podcast. I'm on Periscope. I'm on Voxer all the time. And it's pretty much all thanks to the awesomes of the week. Hi, this is Ellen from Goffstown, New Hampshire. My favorite awesome so far was Rebecca's from episode 17, the Mystery Show podcast. It has made me laugh and cry, 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 especially the belt buckle episode. So thanks, Rebecca and Megan, Laura, and Kelly. I look forward to your awesomes every week. Please keep them coming. Okay. Thank you ladies so much for sending those in. We would love to hear from you all about your thoughts on the first six months of Sorta Awesome. As you know, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. You can find me on Twitter as Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find me on Instagram as Sorta Awesome Meg. And also the show is on Instagram. Don't forget, you can find us there at Sorta Awesome Show. So thank you all so much for joining us today at Sorta Awesome. Show notes for this and every episode are available at sortaawesomemegan.tumblr.com. You can also sign up for the show's newsletter, which includes extra tidbits of awesome by going to tinyletter.com slash sortaawesome. If you're enjoying the show, it would be incredibly awesome if you would subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I have to give a shout out to the band Prager for allowing us to use the song Strut for our in and out music. To find out more about Prager's nasty beats and pretty chords, go to pragermusic.com. And I'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.